0: It is a book that is ignored by many. It is a book that is confusing to so many, and it is scoffed at by many. Many believers don't understand the beauty of the law and the goodness of God's law. We have tried to avoid the condemnation of the law because it does condemn us all, But in it, we've lost the beauty and the grandeur of it. In fact, we should discover it because as God has given the law, Christ came to fulfill it so that the requirements of the law might be met in us and through us. Do you understand that when Christ abolished the law, what He did was fulfill it so that we would have the empowerment to live the righteousness of the law. But if we've completely ignored it and said grace just covers whatever I want to do and how I want to do it, we may be really putting a shame to the name of Christ. We are to be more than just sinners forgiven. We are to be the righteousness of God. And so as we read the book of Leviticus, there is a richness there. And as I blog and as I look on the internet and see how people ridicule the book of Leviticus and make fun of some of the laws because of the cultural setting that they're in concerning uh, uh, sexual regulations and dietary laws and purity, I'm not telling you that you have to go back and, and eat particular things according to the law, but that you need to discern the point that it was given for, for the knowledge of its purity. You know, I I began to consider that our lives are governed by law, but as Christians, we want to throw it out and live sloppy. You know how many laws are in the United States of America besides city laws, county laws, state laws, and federal laws? And from city to city and county to county and state to state, there are different laws for each situation. They all fall under federal law. So you'd ask the question, how many federal laws are there if you include county, state, and city laws? There are myriads and myriads of laws. It says here the odds of no one breaking one of these laws in a lifetime is astronomical. It would make DNA odds look like simple math. And there are laws on the books that are crazy, but we understand the reason for the laws. And it's time for the church to begin to understand the reasoning behind the book of Leviticus and what God was trying to do for the nation of Israel and for the people of God, that we would live holy lives. Don't call unclean what I call clean. God told Peter, and he broke the dietary law down. But what the whole purpose of that dietary law was for a distinction of holiness, and now he's saying, "Take that holiness to all creatures." I like the quote that Yule Brenner made at a dedication of the Ten Commandments. Of course, you remember Yule was in the Ten Commandments. He said this, Man has made 32,600,000 laws. God made 10. And yet there is no law among all these millions that man has made that isn't covered within the divine ones that you can count on the fingers of your hand. It's true. When God does something, He does it for purpose and design, intentionally, so that we would know and grow deeper in the things of God. In fact, he says that all the things of the Old Testament were written for us and our sake. And so if the requirements of the law are to be met in us, we need to understand the spirit behind those laws given. And that's, what, that's the whole reason we're in the book of Leviticus. And so quickly, I just want to give you seven topics and points that the book of Leviticus enlarges and declares for all of us to understand. Number one, it is a book that declares that God is a God of promises. The whole book is written to a nation that was promised to Abraham. Do you remember this? God's a God of promises. He promised Abraham, you're going to have a seed. Where there was no hope, Abraham hoped against all hope. Some of you are in that situation. God's telling you out of the book of Leviticus, I'm a God of promise. You may not see any hope, but I told Abraham, you're going to have a seed, and that seed is going to number and bless all the nations. 400 years later, he goes back to that seed, which has now been incubated into a nation. And he goes to that nation, and he says, come on forth. Come out of the grave. Come out of your bondage. A God of promise, I told you. I have prepared a promised land for you. That's our promise. Our God's a God of promise. He's delivered us out of sin and out of bondage. And He's promised us an abundant life. A life that is powerful and free. An, ultimate, an ultimately eternal life. That's my God of promise. And that's the book of Leviticus. It's a book that says, I told you I'd do this. I told you. Now Watch. Listen for the game plan that I have for you. You made it to the Super Bowl. Now let's watch. Listen to my game plan for you. The second point is, is grace. He said, I showed you grace. I heard your cries. I saved you just because of the promises of Abraham. And because of the promise, I give you grace. You didn't earn your freedom out of Egypt. You didn't pay your way out of Egypt. I sovereignly saved you out of Egypt. Like you and I, brothers and sisters, He saw the mess we were in. He heard our cry. You didn't earn your salvation. You didn't work your works to get salvation. God, by His love, poured out upon you, opened your eyes so that you could see the grace of God who will deliver you from your dilemma. Would this cease? Would this stop now that you belong to Him? Will His grace cease to flow? Absolutely not. Every time Israel broke a law, the grace of God much more abounded unto them. They did heinous things, terrible things, committed horrible sins. But what did the grace of God do? Covered them and promised them, if you will just repent, I will restore, I will heal your land. So it is with us, the grace of God in the book of Leviticus is all through it. People say, it doesn't, it amazes me. I tell people what study we're in. We're in the book of Leviticus, and they go, what? But it's full of the grace of God. It is the grace of God on display that I need you to do this, and I need you to do that. And because of the promise, I give you grace. And because of the grace, he says, I will make you a light to all the nations. That's the third point. He said, I need you to be a city on the hill. I'm taking you out of your bondage so I can make you a superstar. Yeah. Someone who is shining for all to see. As in the book of Daniel, he says, I will make you a star that will shine that all may see you. You're God's star. You're his trophy of grace. Look where you've been and look where you are now. That's what he did with Israel. He took a slave nation out and made them the light of the world that all nations would come unto them. To hear the message of their God, Jehovah. Wow. God has set you in a place at your workplace, in your neighborhood, among your friends that you shine. There's something about you that attracts people to you. There's the grace of God, the promise of God, the blessing of God upon you. Our children shine. They stand out in a crowd, in a school, at work, wherever you go. As a believer, God puts you out as a light. And he says, shine. Don't put it under a bushel. Shine. The book of Leviticus says, I'm polishing you. I'm getting you ready. You need to follow these instructions because what I'm doing is putting you on the fast track to stardom. Is it right if I use that term? What else do you call someone who is the idol of all nations? And don't you see what this is all leading to? The one Jesus Christ who is the name above all names that all nations will be drawn unto him he is the promise of Abraham he is the grace of the father and he is the fame of all the earth for that at that name every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that what Jesus Christ is Lord this is the book of Leviticus Israel get ready to follow my commands follow my statutes so that you can see where I have propped you up and delivered you to be And then, fourthly, he says, I'm going to cover you. I'm going to cover you with an anointing that atones for your sin. He said, I want to meet with you daily. I'm going to live in your camp. I'm living at your house. How many people on your block know Jesus lives in that house? Right? I'm living in your house. And that's what he said to Israel out of all the nations, I'm your God that all the nations will hunger after what you have. My laws and my righteousness will prove to all other nations that God is in this house. And I'm going to stand in your midst, but there are things among you that I have to cover up, and I will cover it by the blood. I will cover it with the atoning blood of the Lamb, shed for you. And Leviticus tells us what it takes to worship and draw near to God. It takes your best. It takes preparation in your life and your heart. We so casually come to God when we want, but in Leviticus it tells us, prepare your hearts to come to me. I need you this morning. Did any of you this morning get up and look for your best? I've got to find my best. I'm coming to offer sacrifice to God. I have to go out in my herd, and I have to go find the best sheep or ox that I have. I have to take the time to inspect everything because I'm presenting myself to God today. Did you inspect your heart this morning? Did you inspect yourself as presentable to the Lord? Oh God, I have to come before you this morning. No, not that sheep, not that lamb. Wait a minute, this is our finest. But you can't get rid of your finest. This is gonna bring in the most money for us. No, to God first. To God first. I must give my very, very best. And it sets my attitude. And when I come, Leviticus tells us that it costs us. It costs us our best. It costs us out of our own income. It costs us what we have put blood, sweat, and tears to raise these animals. And we come and we bring it to the altar. And now we slice the throat. And we offer this to God. And we feel the life exchange that that was supposed to be me instead of that animal. And I understand right now as I see the blood and I feel the heat go out of this animal, I know that God's got me covered for my failures. And it all points to Jesus who covers us all this morning and with grateful hearts we worship and thank Him. Oh, the book of Leviticus points to Him and how He covers us. Then He says, but I won't leave you without a mediator. There'll be times you're confused. There'll be times you don't understand how to approach me, but I've got a priesthood that's going to mediate on your behalf. They'll inspect to see if you're sick, to see if you're well. They'll inspect to see if you're bringing the right sacrifice. They'll make sure to remind you what hour of the day it is to pray. They'll remind you to lead you before the throne of God. They will come before the Lord and bring the message of the Lord back to you. And of course, we understand that priesthood is the priest of God, Jesus Christ our Lord, who has given us another counselor to dwell in us, to mediate and bring us before Him moment by moment, not just a particular hour of the day. I pray without ceasing, Paul says, We look and we see that Islam prays three times a day. We say they've got a culture of prayer. But I've got a captivation of prayer. I can't lose uh, this prayer life. This Holy Spirit is praying in me constantly. He is ever interceding within me. Every breath I take is a prayer of mediation by my God. Leviticus tells us about the mediation of God working on our behalf in his presence. I go on, number six, he gives us a new identity. He said, you're not going back to Egypt. Take off the Egyptian clothes. Melt it down. Take the Egyptian jewelry. Melt it down. And make the furniture of my house. You're not going back to Egypt. Don't you ever go back to Egypt. He even tells the kings, don't you ever go back to Egypt to get horses from them. Don't you ever get military equipment from them. You never go back, says the Lord. But you're going forward. And he says you do not adopt the ways of the land you're going into. But you are a unique people. You're a new creation. You're Israel. And that is us. We're a new creation. We don't go back into the world. We don't go back to the ways of the world. And we don't go forward into taking our stuff and adapt it to the world. We are a new creation that is in the world, but not of the world. And we've become the light of the world and the salt of the world. And last of all, he says, you're walking into a land of milk and honey, a life abundantly. I came that you may have life and life abundantly. The reason Leviticus says, follow these statutes, follow these ways, is so that you will understand how to walk in abundant health, abundant life, abundant produce and abundant blessings of God. That's why he gives these restrictions and laws so that we would learn how to be full of the goodness of God. He says, don't pollute the land. I'm going to teach you how to live a healthy life, a sanitary life, I'm going to give you diet and health restrictions. I'm going to teach you welfare and social stability for the poor in your place, for healthy family structures, and the well-being of commerce and agriculture. All of that is within the laws of Leviticus. Why? Because he loves us. Why? Because he wants us to reap the benefits of a fruitful land. But you can either reap it or rape it. Israel, on many occasions, raped the land. It sent them into Babylon because of it. Right? These laws, these statutes that God has given in Leviticus is so an abundant life can be had by all of us. And now that abundant life is put within us, and we walk in its righteousness, and we walk in the obedience to the counsel of the Holy Spirit. That we have a new identity. We are the children of God. We are Christians, sons of God. And the high priest Jesus mediates in me day and night through the power of His Spirit interceding for me. He's covered me with the blood that cleanses me from all unrighteousness. He has made me the light of the world, salt of the earth by His grace. And the promise given to Abraham is now my promise, the indwelling Spirit of God. That's why we read the book of Leviticus. and That's why we appreciate God has given us. Let's bow our heads. Father God, we thank you this morning for your glory. Hallelujah. We praise you for how good you are and how excellent are all your ways, O God. Thank you, Jesus.